welcome to the Tortoise Ecofin Quick Take Podcast. Thank you for joining us as we provide timely updates on the market. Hello, I'm Matt Salee, Energy Portfolio Manager at Tortoise. What started as a quiet week turned rather exciting following the Wednesday Fed meeting where the dot plot moved higher by 50 basis points by the end of 2023. This clearly surprised the market, which is realizing that maybe inflation isn't that transitory after all. In that vein, the Fed increased their 2021 inflation forecast by about 1% to a little over 3.25%. Speaking of inflation, the latest PPI print came in higher than expected for May at 0.8%, bringing the trailing one-year number to a record 6.6%. I'm particularly interested in this data point since many pipelines transporting liquids like gasoline increased their tariff annually indexed to the PPI level, and even if the price level didn't increase any further from here, it would result in a 7.3% increase next year. If prices continue to rise, it could be a fair bit higher than that. Shifting to the regulatory front, a couple of interesting developments to highlight. First, a federal judge has blocked the Biden administration's suspension of new oil and gas leases on federal lands and waters. This is temporary pending final resolution of the case, but an interesting takeaway is trying to legislate through executive order while efficient is not always effective. Next up is positive news for Enbridge. The Minnesota Court of Appeals issued an opinion upholding state agency issuance of key permits for the Line 3 replacement project, which adds about 400,000 barrels per day of oil capacity from Canada into the U.S., The key point is it demonstrates, similar to the Dakota Access situation, that Biden doesn't appear to want to get involved in ongoing pipeline disputes. In company news, it was actually a bit more active than typically we would see in mid-June. The most interesting item to me was the announcement of a partnership between TC Energy and Pembina to develop a carbon infrastructure network in Alberta. The system will use some existing pipeline and newly developed sequestration hub, making it cost-effective with a planned capacity of 20 million tons of CO2 per year. To put that in context, Canada has an emission goal of at least a 40% reduction off 2005 levels by 2030. This project alone is about 10% of that desired goal, showing just how effective carbon capture is in reducing carbon. Further, It demonstrates the point that we've been making that steel in the ground and existing rights of way have value in the energy transition. Companies have demonstrated over and over in the last hundred years that if an asset becomes underutilized, it oftentimes can be converted to provide a different service. Another item that garnered more attention from the market was the Reuters report that Shell is considering a sale of its Permian Basin holdings. The buyer pool would be pretty limited here due to the scale of their position at a quarter of a million acres, which produced 250,000 barrels per day in 2019, with an estimated value around $10 billion. Interestingly, the properties are held in a 50-50 joint venture with Oxy following their acquisition of Anadarko, but I doubt Oxy has much appetite to buy them since they're still digesting the Anadarko acquisition. The question raised by the news is why would Shell want to sell these assets it previously identified as a core part of its strategy? I think it speaks to the political pressure the company is under to decarbonize its business. As a reminder, a few weeks ago, a Dutch court ordered the company to cut its emissions 45% by 2030, faster than it had previously planned. One observation with this is that while it may look great for the Netherlands, it doesn't necessarily help address the global issue of carbon emissions and may make it even worse. I strongly believe in engagement over divestment. 
We know Shell is a responsible, environmentally conscious operator. The assets will likely be sold to the most attractive bidder, not necessarily the safest or most emission-sensitive bidder. So in a global environmental framework, the Dutch court may be moving us backward in this case. That's just my two euros. Last but not least, in the latest round of the bidding war for Interpipeline, Brookfield came back with a small sweetener in their offer pending the successful challenge to the breakup fee with Pembina. Exciting times. I'll leave it there for now. Thanks for listening. Thank you for joining us, and stay tuned for our next episode. Have topics you want covered or other feedback to share? Write us at info at Nothing contained in this communication constitutes tax, legal, or investment advice. Investors must consult their tax advisor or legal counsel for advice and information concerning their particular situation. This podcast contains certain statements that may include forward-looking statements. All statements other than statements of historical fact included herein are forward-looking statements. Although we believe that the expectations reflected in these forward-looking statements are reasonable, they do involve assumptions, risks, and uncertainties, and these expectations may prove to be incorrect. Actual events could differ materially from those anticipated in these forward-looking statements as a result of a variety of factors. You should not place undue reliance on these forward-looking statements. This podcast reflects our views and opinions as of the date herein, which are subject to change at any time based on market and other conditions. We disclaim any responsibility to update these views. These views should not be relied on as investment advice or an indication of trading intention. Discussion or analysis of any specific company-related news or investment sectors are meant primarily as a result of recent newsworthy events surrounding those companies or by way of providing updates on certain sectors of the market. Through our family of registered investment advisors, we provide investment advice to related funds and others that includes investment into those sectors or companies discussed in these podcasts. As a result, we stand to beneficially profit from any rise in value from many of the companies mentioned herein, including companies within the investment sectors broadly discussed.